Young, welcome to I Made a Huge Mistake, an Arrested Development podcast. I'm your host, Darren, and today we are going to be talking about episode number 12, uh, Checkmates. Uh, as with the rest of the uh, the batch of this episode, it was uh, first broadcast on the 15th of March 2019. It was written by Evan Mann and Gareth Reynolds, who are some of the new writers who were hired for the back eight. And as always, directed by Troy Miller. Joining me to talk about today is Nay Renly. Hello, Nay. Anyang. This episode... Um, I, it's it's one of those episodes that actually has a kind of single story that runs all the way through, um, which is the three million dollars. Um, uh, you know, Oscar Oscar and Buster they finish being on the run. They've been on the run for like five episodes now, so they <laughs> they stop being on the run uh, after making promises to be you know like a proper father and son. Um, and then Oscar just gets out of the truck and, you know, at the stair car and just leaves. Obviously, Buster has, by coincidence, parked the stair car in the bay marked evidence, um, which is a nice kind of twist. Um, and George and Lucille meet with the Chinese investors where there's a whole thing about them get, being given the $3 million so they can save face. Uh, they are advised by Dusty that they need to return the money. Uh, but before they get a chance to, that, to do that, Michael uh, visits Fake Block. Um, and is kind of dismayed to find out that uh, George Michael um, is uh, kind of going to sell it. Um, obviously, the storyline that's been going throughout the whole of the show for these kind of second, I think for the, just for these second eight, is selling fake block to Rebel. And obviously, Michael doesn't want them to do that. Um, he does say there's always money in the banana stand. And then he goes, what is that from? Where have I heard that? <laughs> that's um, my favorite joke late- of the whole season i think and can we talk about when it pays off later in the episode yeah yeah um and so obviously you know this is where maybe uh she manages to get rid of stan uh by saying that her family are staying with her uh which obviously sees the return of mrs featherbottom and along with debris who for some reason is dressed like an old person and murphy brown who again also dressed like an old woman i i don't know why he could have been an old man but for some reason he's an old woman um, and, you know, it's funny because obviously maybe he's been trying to plan various things to get rid of Stan. And when she's like, my family is staying, he's like, oh, OK, I understand. <laughs> he just leaves. So it's quite easy. Um, and then I like how George Michael kind of gives this rousing speech to his fake block employees uh, where he keeps saying, why not? <laughs> um, and he, he kind of reveals slightly too much um by saying you know maybe you make up some software before you even start a company before anything's ready and it's like why not and everyone's kind of like huh um and then towards the end we find out that you know michael has purchased fake block using money from the banana stand account um and then of course uh we find out that that account is actually you know the money that was given to them by the chinese and the chinese will be mildly perturbed if they do not return it <laughs> i love how how everything is kind of downplayed with the chinese that you know kind of mild disappointment is the worst that they're going to get um and then towards the end we get kind of um joe making an entrance uh, attempting to kind of copy tony wonders entering on a particular phrase but he, it's just a little bit too long um and i like how buster enters with the uh, did somebody say found him by the side of the police station? <laughs> he kind of keeps going on, but at that point the doors have already closed. Um, he basically repeats what Job said, um, and we finish the episode with Job singing his own music because he hasn't got a boombox, um, and that continues into the on the next after after Buster has been arrested by what Job thinks are hot cops, uh, but actually hot cops we find is now out of business. Uh, most of the hot cops have gone back to their acting gigs 
And, um, you know, Job continues to sing the final countdown in the On The Next before finally catching up to the rest of the family and realizing what's happened. Um, yeah, so, uh, but I mean, let's talk about the, you know, the payoff for the, what's that from? There's always money in the banana stand. What is that from? Yeah. Um, and then he says, that's uh, got to be from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh I, yeah which i i, I don't know i, I kind of love how michael doesn't realize like a, a thing that his own father said to him a ton of times there's always money in the banana stand he doesn't realize that that's a thing um you know from this particular tv show yeah because it's um, like a, a part of popular social now so he could have heard it anywhere even though it's from his family from a fictional show <laughs> yeah um and I, th- I think as well the funny the funny thing here is this is you know uh, the back half of of the of this season kind of has l- less kind of ongoing storylines and more kind of um, episodes that have contained stories. So this three million dollars, it's kind of obvious once the three million goes into you know it gets paid from the Chinese investors and Michael tracks down the um, you know the, the the banana stand account. It's more obvious that that three million is from the Chinese investors. Like it's it, it's kind of more one of the more simpler stories that they've done. Uh, in season five, where something is set up quite obviously, and then it's it's paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I kind of love how um, you know George Michael was paid, but he wasn't paid. And of course, um, Michael says, "Well, I couldn't pay you because you know obviously he was just a kid." Uh, the date on the check is actually dated um, the same is dated one day before the pilot aired, which is a nice detail. Um, and I like how you know it's two <laughs> two drums of dry George Michael. <laughs> Like, they had to pay him as he was a supply like yeah him, like, he's, he's, a, he's a he's a topping yeah topping, um, and right. i kind of like i like i like how the description of him as a topping is like yeah <laughs> like that i like when he describes it and he's like yeah that that describes me you know like that sounds like me um i like when he shows fact, up george that, michael's pl- doing continuously the which Anne hathaway character are you and trying to get catwoman or, but he, can't, you know, he's trying to get, get smart. But he keeps getting Catwoman. And he's trying to figure out what uh, what answers to change to get a different Anne Hathaway character. <laughs> yeah, I like I like how he's like trying to figure it out, and uh, and obviously Michael thinks that he's working on something. Um, <laughs> Gotta be the thread count. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I I like as well how um, you know we we get uh, we get this this thing where obviously. Um, at fake block he is george maharis so when when michael says um george michael and job comes up and he goes yeah he's a he's you know he's a singer songwriter isn't he like he's a uh, very gay and <laughs> it's like it's so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that he you know that that's like the cover that he immediately does um i kind of like that job is at least seems to know that and then of course that he goes oh well i'm looking for george maharis <laughs> um which, as we found out in season four, was no better of a fake name to uh, to get. I think I think kind of the conclusion of the the Oscar and um, Buster on the Run thing is uh, thankfully now over. Um, I did think the kind of inside outside joke was quite funny, where you know so that they could walk, one of them had to always say inside, and the other one had to say outside. And of course, when Oscar runs away, he just keeps going outside, 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 outside. <laughs> oh, um, I didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of so ingrained. Um, that he's he's kind of like outside outside outside. Uh, also, we're saying on the on the check it is it is made out to Mister Manager, um, you know, <laughs> uh, which is a wonderful callback. Um, we just and then, manager. well, yes, and later on, uh, Michael calls George Michael Mister Big Business, 
Um, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, and and the, the kind of um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like all the fake block stuff, like the kind of rousing speech where he keeps going, "Why not?" Um, and then when he finds out that the, that they've been bought out, he goes, "You know those checks we gave to you that we said not to cash?" <laughs> and he's like, "Why not?" Um, I also find this complete, like, this seems like very, I mean, like, obviously, this is something that doesn't make any sense to me being a British person, but I don't know if this is common practice in America. Um, but the fact that everyone gets their paychecks as literal checks, that they are then told they cannot cash. And this was something that the Bluth company also did. They would constantly give people checks and say, don't cash them for another couple of weeks. And yeah. I don't know if this is a common practice in American businesses to give people actual paychecks that are just checks that they have to cash. And I don't know. It's, it seems really weird because, like, I don't. That's not even a thing. I mean, uh, they basically got rid of checks in this country, like, um, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. Uh, literally, oh, really? All, yeah, all of the banks were like, "We're not issuing checkbooks out to any customers anymore." If you're a business, you can still get them, um, but you know, most personal checks, nobody writes them in this country anymore. We haven't for years. Well, they still have them here, but yeah, very few places would take them. Like, people use them maybe to pay their rent or something, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you can date a check later to get someone to not pay it, but I think this, it's very unprofessional to ever, I mean, someone can cash a check if you give it to them, but it'll just, you know, result in a huge fee and maybe a return check and stuff. So uh, yeah, most this people is a... wouldn't do that, a non-failing business. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, post-dating checks was obviously something that, you know, um, people over here would do when they would write checks because uh, obviously if you know there's going to be no money in your account for a couple of days then obviously you just post date the check and then the person can pay it in on that date um i don't think that was strictly i don't think you were meant to do that um uh, but and obviously there's a there's a i don't know if this is just american culture but there's this whole thing of people being arrested for writing bad checks and it's like really is it <laughs> is that such a serious thing that people kind of get arrested for that kind of thing like for uh, I don't know. Like it's it seems it seems like there's a very kind of check based culture in America that I I think is pretty much gone from the rest of the world. Um, yeah, you know. They're, well, they're really dumb and outdated. That's for sure. <laughs> well, yes. Like there's a whole thing with the kind of you know fake block finally being sold, uh, not to Rebel Alley, but of course to um, George BS Enterprises. The BS Enterprises, yeah, <laughs> which is Bluth and Son. Um, although, of course, this is this is where George Michael just goes bullshit. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> the banana stand, too. Yeah, so it works for all of those. Uh, we find out, of course, that the banana stand account, that isn't a banana. It's a picture of the Cayman Islands, <laughs> and it's actually a Cayman Islands account. But I like that Michael just kind of took it as being like a banana stand or a banana. Like, that was just how, like, that's the account. And, you know, uh, I, th I think it's funny as well that Michael was able to write a check to George Michael for two drums of George Michael, uh, label it for Mr. Manager, and he didn't even realize that the bank that was being used was a Cayman Islands bank account. Um, you know, when he looks at the check and he goes, that's not our proper account, like that's not our regular account. And obviously it just happens that that's the account that the three million has been paid into. Uh, again, that's kind of more like the original kind of first three seasons of Arrested Development where that kind of plot would happen, where something gets paid to someone and then they find it and... Uh, so that kind of I don't know it's a bit of a throwback um, and I yeah and I I mean so I like all that kind of stuff and then obviously when they say you know that, that they've made allusions to the fact that the president gets sold with the company um, so of course <laughs> I, li I like when 
um, you know, Job comes out and he's like, did somebody say wonder if somebody else made Job president? <laughs> I wonder. And it's like, that's his entrance. And I like how Michael's like, yeah, you catchphrase could do with a bit of a trim. Um, yeah. you know, like, uh, and then of course that's when, um, <laughs> he introduces his assistant who, uh, he found by the police station. <laughs> um, and then of, of course this leads to, um, uh, Buster who after being on the run for the last like three episodes is now rearrested and put back into prison. Um, which I, I, again, it just feels like they're kind of spinning their wheels a little bit in that whole Buster storyline. Uh, but it was at least nice to get most of the family in one place. Um, for you know the t- the kind of the sale of fake block, um, it's kind of rare this season that we actually get everybody actually in one physical space, um, you know, at one time. And every time they do, it's it's like electric. They I can't the way that Mitch Hurwitz writes. I, I I imagine he wrote this season. He wrote like a perfect whatever he wanted to happen in each episode, and they're like, well, we can't get this person this person the time. I'm, all right, well then cut out this joke and this joke because that character has to say it. All right, well th- we can't get this person either. Okay, cut out that joke. All right, now let's add a new scene so that we can still establish what they're doing. Uh, I wasn't planning on that. I'll write a joke for that too, I guess. But like in the original series, all those jokes were just from the interaction of the characters, and I I I really feel for the guy that having to try to rewrite everything all these character specific jokes and try to make it work without very many characters but then every time the characters get together they always it's always so fun again (laughs) yeah um i i like i like as well how um we have lucille you know she decides they decide to tell the truth to the chinese investors They've, they've they've lost all their money they invested it in something without telling them the investment went south they're not going to get it back and they're rewarded to her honesty. And of course, Lucille says uh, she's the opposite of Pinocchio. And she goes, I think my nose got smaller. And of course, Michael goes, well, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, so <laughs> or when she it, tells uh, Buster, did you see all the unwanted posters? <laughs> he says, oh, that means no one's chasing after me. And she says, oh, yeah, I guess it does have two meanings. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like that she went to the trouble of having them put up as well. Uh, to encourage him to not come back. She must have a street team. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind, I kind of love it. Um, you know, just the whole family being in one place is really good. And also the fact that the storyline is kind of compact, you know, like um, the three million goes from one person to another person to another person. And then, then you know, someone's bought fake block and then it turns out that, you know, uh, Buster is out of prison, but then he's back in prison. Um, it kind of ties everything up quite quickly. Um, and I think as well, this is where we we kind of like Dusty kind of coming in and saying that, you know, uh, they've only given you the money so you can give it back to them so you can save face and then you'll be out. Um, like that kind of alludes to the final episode of the season where a kind of transaction happens with the Chinese where they give them something so they can get out of something else. Um, so I think that's kind of setting that up, you know, like down the line that if they just give the Chinese something, then they'll they'll save face and they'll they'll kind of accept it. Um, but it's it's nice that Dusty actually plays a purpose here because I felt that his character has been a bit extraneous to most of the season. Um, and, then, and then, of course, uh, you know, when Lucille says she's going to get ice cream with Dusty <laughs> it's, and it's kind of a, a callback to when uh, she got she got ice cream with um, with maybe um you know uh i don't know a couple of seasons ago so like people people going for ice cream is kind of a popular thing with the blues uh, and obviously george michael fell in love with an ice cream sandwich so um <laughs> which was a wonderful kind of uh joke um mm. but yeah there's not like a huge amount in this episode it's kind of like i i mean i just do love george michael's kind of speech where he's trying to um kind of build up everybody else 
but it <laughs> kind of ends up backfiring a little bit. Um, and and then kind of he saves it at the end where he's, you know, saying to everyone, why not? And I like the call and response as well, because that's something that kind of would happen with the Bluth employees as well, where, um, you know, like they would be told stuff and they would kind of repeat it back or, you know, they were kind of a bit easily led. And so uh, it's kind of funny here that, um, you know, that the, the, the kind of the employees of fake block, they're kind of the opposite, actually. They, they want something to do and they're, they're questioning why they're sitting around doing nothing but playing ping pong. Um, yeah, their whole whiteboard was the ping pong tournament, <laughs> like brackets. Like, even though it looks like a really complicated org chart, it's just the brackets for ping pong. Yeah, uh, which is a nice kind of uh, a nice kind of detail. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I also kind of like as well how the Bluth Company has got its old logo back, uh, but it says underneath a Bluth Ostero Company Company, um, which is a kind of a weird, <laughs> a oh, weird yeah. kind of joke. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I kind of like that. Uh, but I do also, I mean, uh, probably one of my favorite little touches in this episode is as George Michael gives his speech, you can hear the sound of a woodblock, um, yep. kind, of, kind of playing, um, at, like kind of as the music rouses everybody. Um, and I also really kind of like as well how, um, uh, you know, maybe says who's going to pay three million for a, a, a wave file of a woodblock noise, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. which I which I kind of love that it kind of distills down exactly what fake block is. Um, and I, also, my favorite thing, a kind of running joke that we've had so far is Job, um, who's learned that a K can be a thousand, and so he refers to three million as three KK, um, <laughs> which is like which. That. Is such a, a I don't know like I I think calling a million three thousand thousand is is I don't know it's quite funny it's something that he does all the time in this in this season he keeps referring to stuff as a K um, so it's uh yeah I don't know I kind of I kind of like that yeah um, oh it's worth saying as well George Michael is a cocoa based non digestible colorant <laughs> it's weird well, that it says non digestible as well because why would you order that for a banana stand like something that's non-digestible and they get one of those dirty jokes in too which i have to admit is less satisfying because it's on netflix and they can just say whatever they want but you know like in the original series there's that joke about uh um in bluth and they're like nelly bluth and then they're like oh she's blown them all away you know like they keep saying that um because they keep referring to the fact that she was saying she blew everybody but in this one they do a similar thing where where uh, Debris is, is saying that she doesn't want to do any more of those uh, straight bait videos anymore because she doesn't want to do any more group, you know, Fs. And then later on, they go, group hug, and she starts taking off her shirt, and they go, no, group <laughs> hug. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that, if, that would be so satisfying because they bleeped the first one, I think. Or maybe maybe they didn't. I, I don't yeah, know they, they I don't st- hear bleeps. They still, hit, they still bleep the Fs. Okay, cool. Because like I, I think that's way funnier, you know. So it's like group bleep, but then they're able to com- perfectly refer to it later without saying it. And I, I, th- I just uh, love that, especially b- back when it was on network. How they got away with things like that. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, it's funny. I mean, there's also a nice little call out where maybe says that Job creates the illusion of success when she's talking about the the new CEO. He will create the <laughs> illusion of success. Um, you know, he's he's now president of the company again. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, also I just love his entrance and probably the funniest joke is just him 
as as the cops arrest Buster, he just keeps singing the final countdown right into the on the next, and he just keeps singing it, and he keeps going for like a full minute until he realizes what's happened, and then he kind of runs off to get down the stairs. Um, so I don't know. It's just watching Will Arnett just kind of enthusiastically sing the final countdown while he thinks what's going on is like it doesn't even make any sense. Why would they be handcuffing Buster? Buster, how is that a trick? Like. It doesn't. I don't know. I don't understand why he thinks it's a trick, but you know that's just uh, that's just joke. But yeah, is there anything else that you need to talk about this episode, or do you feel like we've covered it? Uh, Return of Miss Featherbottom, but only for a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, like because everybody else is dressed up as old ladies, it kind of doesn't feel like it really. Also, I, I do like how when when um, Stan Sitwell enters, Tobias says voices up to everybody <laughs> so that they all voices put up. on their high voice. Yeah. So it like. Yeah. Which you know, if that feels like a reference to something like Noises Off, you know, like it's a, it feels like a theatre reference. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, the fact that Stan just goes is like, it's kind of an easy resolution to the story. At least the fact that maybe he's like, now all I've got to do is get rid of you, literally yeah. to Tobias well, and everybody else. That was a freebie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So does it? But I mean, like the fact that the episode's so kind of like unified at least makes it feel a little bit more like you know an episode from the old series. Um, I agree. That, that's a good point. I, I think that, that that it had a plot that started and kind of ended in the same episode really made it feel like a more satisfying watch, especially when I watched just that episode today, you know, or not, you know, I didn't watch them all in a row. So like some of the episodes are really unsatisfying if you don't watch the one before and after. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why season four like really worked when you were binging it, because the episodes were so interconnected, you would you would see jokes kind of coming back. Um, whereas, you know, obviously, I mean, I, you know, I would always binge the original series as well. I had it on DVD. I still have it on DVD. You know, I'd happily watch eight or nine episodes in a row of it anyway. Um, mm. so, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's nice to have an episode that's a little bit more focused and it also feels like we've kind of moved forward a little bit on the fake block story, which, you know, at this point has been going on since like the second episode of season four. Um, yeah. so it feels like we really need to get some traction on it and kind of, Obviously, we'll find out in a few more episodes' time that, you know, they've still got to get rid of fake block to somebody else. <laughs> like Michael Bynum, it doesn't solve their problems long term. Um, you know, they're still kind of get to get rid of it. Um, I also do like that maybe it insists that, you know, George Maharis is the chief technical officer and not the president. <laughs> <So> <laughs> kind of making it clear where the blame is going to lie. Um, so, well, I feel like uh, if there's nothing else to say about this episode, then we should go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Sure. I do a podcast about the Office episodes called The R5 with a V, and I, I do another one about uh, individual strips of Calvin and Hobbes called Calvin and Hobbes Cast. So, if, if you want to check either of those out, I sure would appreciate it. And you can find us on Twitter at A Huge Mistake Pod, or you can find us on Facebook at I've Made a Huge Mistake. Uh, thanks, Ms. Wolf, for being my guest here today. Uh, Yes, thank you very much for having me on again to talk about Arrested Development. And otherwise, goodbye. Goodbye.